Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Hey, how are you? It's 106 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer joining you. Along with Brendan Escott. We got a bonus time here. One of our guests today. Winners Now is brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer, the ideal place to start your daily vacation. You can reach us on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline, 780-496-0063, the River Cree Resort Casino excitement. Bet on it. Coming up momentarily, daily face-offs, Frank Saravalli for the horses. Uh, we will tell you the guests on the show receive gift cards to Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurant. I saw Don yesterday at Japanese Village. Come in and check out their new location, 3975 Calgary Trail. Tell you, we got uh, a great percentage of the uh, listeners to the show. They're on top of it. They know it. And I mean a great percentage. Always willing to assist and educate me as well, which is, uh, which is helpful. Helps make a guy better. Because, man, oh, man, there's stuff going on behind the scenes that would just make you shake your head. Uh, we are going to go to Frank Cervalli for the Horses and Horse Race in Alberta. Opening day at the Century Mile Racetrack is Saturday, May 6th, where you'll be able to watch and wager on the Kentucky Derby. For more information, visit thehorses.com. And we're uh, available for the show Twitter account, at Oilers Now. You can reach out to me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer, and tweet. Uh, Brendan, Brendan Escott. And uh, we go to Frank Cervalli, who's uh, joining us. Hey, Frank, thanks for doing a, a bonus hit this week. How you doing? Bob, anything for you. Yeah, well, uh, there you go. Uh, it's amazing. It's amazing what's going on. Uh, let's start with your take. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers coming off an impressive 6-3 victory against the LA Kings. Who do you think this break favors, Frank? I think it favors the Kings. And Why? Because I just think it gives them a little time to consider their game plan. Just, I don't know if there's any real advantage one way or the other. I felt like the way the Oilers played in game five uh, to really take control of this series, they seemed way more comfortable. Uh, they seemed like they had figured out a bit what the Kings are about and what they're trying to accomplish. And I wonder now if with what's been a really dedicated uh, system and approach from Todd McClellan, does he throw in a wrinkle or two? Does he change it up a little bit to give the Oilers something to think about in game six? When you have home ice, it's a little easier to do from the matchup perspective. Um, Are you able to dictate that play a little bit more, which... I think through the first four games was a big part of the reason why the series unfolded the way that it did. Yeah. Um, and I think the Oilers and Jay, Jay Woodcroft did a fantastic job of picking through that and making adjustments in game five, which really allowed them to to play a lot better. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting, Frank. I mean, I think we're looking at um, – Lots of different scenarios here. The moment I saw that schedule, I was like, geez, I think that's got to favor L.A. They get a rest day. They got the, you know, the two 30-year-old stars on their team. And, and like, we're not talking 28, 29, 30, 31. We're talking 33 and 35. You know, Doughty, I couldn't believe how much Doughty played in the 6-3 game in the third period. I was a little surprised by that with Todd. Uh, and then in terms of Kopitar at 35, um, they ended up moving Aya follow to that line with Kopitar and Kempe. They held their own, that line did, against the mcdavid dry settle cane line, but it was the, the other Oilers' lines that stepped up and won the day, which I think might have surprised some people. 
You know, I had a really interesting conversation with Todd McClellan earlier this season. Um, it was a one-on-one on my Frankly Speaking podcast. And he was great in talking about Kopitar in the sense that he said you'd be shocked at how much Kopitar's game has evolved. And obviously everyone thinks of him as a complete player. But he said the things they were asking Kopitar to do this season uh, were vastly different than really anything he's done in his career. And it took some adjusting and kind of coaxing him as an older guy that's been successful and been in the league a long time that he was speaking to the constant development that occurs in the NHL and saying how much Kopitar had really taken to that was really impressive. No, LA's, uh, LA's, they were always going to be a tough out, Frank. I mean, you had three series uh, where the matchups were teams separated by five points. They're all going to minimum six games. Uh, the other two was that Hudson River battle where the uh, Devils have, have battled back after getting blown out in the first two games. And then Dallas and Minnesota. Uh, Marcus Felino, by the way, he, he had a tough couple games there for the Minnesota Wild, didn't he? He did, and uh, some really tough calls, too. That's been a tough series. Like, there is no space on that ice. Like, you know why the Avs tried to avoid facing those teams in the first round. And now look what they look what it's gotten them. The Kraken are – they've got them on the ropes. I still wouldn't be surprised to see that series go seven games or to see the Avs win it. Um, but – I, I think if you're an Oiler fan, though, you have to be sitting there today saying if somehow the Kraken can knock off the Avs, that the West is completely wide open. And if you can take care of your own business against the Kings, especially maybe even, you know, avoid going to game seven, that, you know, you've opened the door for your team to go on a long run as you've envisioned, hoped, and planned. Well, I have a healthy amount of respect for Colorado. There's still a champs, and to beat the champs, you got to knock the champs out. Seattle hasn't quite done that yet. Uh, I do think Edmonton can give Colorado a better series this year. They don't have Landis Cog. They don't have Nazem Kadri. They basically, I was talking to... Uh, no some, Burakovsky. No don't Bur- forget about him. No Burakovsky. So they're nowhere near as deep as they were up at front. No they, Nachushkin. Right. Do we, do we have any idea what that's about, by the way? Uh, I... <sighs> There's been a lot of back and forth, a lot of reporting. Uh, I believe there's an incident that took place at the team hotel, and I I just, I'm not, I can't really say much more than that. In a discussion. All right. Bottom line, they're nowhere near as deep as they once were up front. Uh, They provide a completely different challenge because of the uh, mobility of their back end. I, I talked to. One of the greatest players in the history of the game today. We talked a bit about the decision, like should they have traded Gerard in the off season, and found a you know stepped up and kept Nazem Kadri. I don't know if that was possible, wow. uh, but they're it's uh, funny you said that because my new trade targets list is out today, and Samuel Gerard is number three on the board. And why is he that high, Frank? It's really a math equation, and there's a few teams that I want you to focus on this off season in terms of the math being really daunting to be cap compliant for next year. Colorado is one. Boston is another because they have a $4.5 million overage that's going to be applied to next year's cap. What does that mean? It means because of the contracts that they wrote for Bergeron and Krejci this year, they earn performance bonuses that don't get applied this year, but next season. So let's say hypothetically there's an $83.5 million cap. The Bruins are starting next year with a $79 million upper limit. So they're up against it. 
Uh, Taylor Hall, former Oiler, makes the board, the trade targets board, for that exact reason. They've got tough decisions to make, nine, eight, nine guys that they need to sign in the, with roughly like $10, $13 million in cap space. That's a hard go. Uh, the abs are facing something very similar and are going to have to make difficult decisions, likely on their blue line, because there's a number of guys in that 4 to $5 million range. Devon Taves has been fantastic and a more impactful player for the abs than Gerard. Gerard's a you know sort of undersized defenseman that I think you know you watched the game last night even in the final minute there's a reason you know Gerard's out there they trust him and he plays big minutes but he still plays the fourth most minutes on that team on the back end so I think he's sort of the prime candidate to be traded and he's a great pickup for anyone that gets him I really like the player and four more years at five million bucks is I find to be incredibly reasonable to buy the best years of his career. The thing is, the Avs would like to keep him. They just can't. And so um, the other team is is the Lightning, of course. Ross Colton, he's on my board at number nine. Um, he's a guy that is, you know, I think a prototypical third-line player on a contending team. Scores you 16, 18, 20 goals a year, 40 to 50 points. He needs a new deal. I don't think the Lightning can afford it, even with Colton and potentially Alex Kalorn walking. Um, they, you know, they're up against it and they're going to have tough decisions to make as well. Another, you know, seven, eight, nine roster spots to fill with 10 million bucks. Those become really difficult decisions. All right. Uh... And the Oilers are not far off from that, by the way, but no one's ready to talk about that yet. Oh yeah, not not quite yet. Uh, we're joined right now by Daily Faceoff Strength Saravalli for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta opening date Century Mile Racetrack May six. You'll be able to watch and wager uh, online at Kentucky, for the Kentucky Derby. For more information, head to thehorses.com. dot uh, com. Frank, you know, Bob. Fun fact: since horse horses of uh, horse racing Alberta is a proud sponsor, I was born on Kentucky Derby Day at the almost exact post time. Which uh, which year? Nineteen eighty-eight. Oh my God! Really? Saturday, May seventh, nineteen eighty-eight. So you're thirty-five. Thir- I turn thirty-five in uh, next Sunday. There we go. You're a you're a young man, Frank. Do you yeah, know who the won? The is I don't look like a young man. Yes, that is a problem. Uh, do you know who won the Kentucky Derby in '88? I can't remember off the top. I don't. No, I don't. I should know that. Well, for, we'll but get, I'm a I'm a huge horse racing fan and used to go. We, to, we'll get Brendan I, to look up 1988 Kentucky Derby winner. I can't believe your parents didn't name you after the horse. <laughs> there were some creative uh, names being thrown around the hospital that day. Unfortunately, I ended up named after. Well, fortunately, ended up named after my dad. All right, there you go, Frank Jr. Uh, Brendan Hop aboard here. Winning, winning colors is the name. Winning of the colors from 1988. Winning colors. What year did Spectacular Bid win? That was a great name for a horse. Obviously, uh, we had we had horses on our acreage, and we named one Vita Blue. Went to register it, and somebody else had registered the horse Vita Blue. Oh wow! That's so Smarty Jones is the horse from Philly that won. Right. That was that was a huge one in my you know sort of growing up. And they were these guys were like, it is really you know the sport of kings as we know, or these days mm-hmm. seemingly the sport of uh, you know rich men of international influence. So there you go. Uh, but not always. There's another horse that won, Athlete Alex, I think it was called. Uh, 
That was a group of 20 guys from Philly that had chipped in, you know, varying amounts Cactus, to purchase that horse. Cactus Jack has just texted the show to say, uh, Frank Saravalli's only 35. Gee whiz. We probably have yeah, clothes. He goes, rough paper stop, he goes, stop. We have clothes in our closet from 1988. They won't fit him either. Oh, <laughs> You're getting geez. burned by Cactus Jack on the Ashley. Do I know Cactus Jack? Is this just a uh, no, You will the next time you come to Edmonton. Let's put it that way. Okay. I'm well, gonna, hey, that might be in a, the next week or two. Well, uh, we'll see you. You guys got to take care of business. Well, the Oilers have to take care of business. Yes. Uh, sorry. Did you look up spectacular bid to see what year they ended up with? He ended up winning the uh, Kentucky Derby. I just remember because he was on the front page of Sports Illustrated. It was such an awesome name. Uh, maybe, maybe spectacular bid didn't win. I thought it was going for the Triple Crown. I thought he won the first seventy nine. It says seventy nine. Oh, you know what happened? Because we had Triple Crown winners in seventy seven and seventy eight. That's why uh, seventy seven was Seattle. So Secretary was seventy three. Seattle Salute was seventy seven, and Affirmed was seventy eight. Frank and Affirmed beat Alidar in all three races. They went toe to toe, and Steve Cawthon, I believe, was on Affirmed, and he was a very young, rising, prominent jockey. There, there's we've tied it into horse racing. That's that's so like that's my bucket list thing. Like I want to go to the Kentucky Derby. Do you? Yes. Yeah. That, 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 that'd be a fun event. I know a guy. What's the big one that's in New York in the fall every year? Somebody can text me on the ice. Help me out here. The Breeders' Cup? Yeah. I, I've got a... It's all over the place. Yeah. There's a, there's a former uh, Oilers owner that goes to that every year. He could own the team out right now, right now if he wanted. But uh, anyhow, he's sort of like the Kaiser Solze of Edmonton money. Um, Frank, uh, so look, Winnipeg tonight... I got, and I, I know we have Jets fans that listen to the show. Um, I got a lot of respect for the, you know, Rick Bonus, uh, Connor, mm-hmm. you know, Connor Hellebuck's a great goalie. But the only team worse in the second half of the season that made the playoffs than Tampa was Winnipeg. Winnipeg was twenty second in the second half of the year, and that's with Connor Hellebuck a Vezina Trophy candidate. They don't have for sure Mark Scheifele and Josh Morrissey. Um, I think Vegas is going to close it out, and I'm wondering about Winnipeg and Calgary. How many of those players you might have potentially on your uh, on your target list for trades in the off season? I think that's kind of the craziest part about the trade targets board is that this is just a starting point. Well, there's so much unknown between Calgary and who their next general manager is going to be. Um, you know, who are the managers in Pittsburgh and Philly and Ottawa and potentially Toronto? And then, you know, more specifically with regards to Calgary, who will the coach be? I have a strong suspicion that Daryl Sutter is not safe and that they still have yet to pull the trigger, but very likely may happen. And whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, wait, wait a sec here. So you think there's a chance Daryl Sutter does not come back as head coach of the Calgary Flames? Correct. How much did they not just re-sign him to an extension in the fall at like four million dollars? For how much? Two years times four million. So Murray Edwards is going to make a change. The owner there in Calgary, by the way, he got a, a nice contribution for the province for his new building. Uh, so he did. I saw that. I was weird. I didn't think the Oilers needed that. <laughs> did, did they get one? No, they didn't get $330 million from the province. No, they did, did not. Did you see the Premier wearing a Flames jersey, by the way? That was a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
It's an important. I mean, did, wait, aren't the aren't the don't you have elections in a few weeks? Yeah. Huh. It's funny how that works, isn't it? It is funny how it works, Frank. Like, look, I I want to see Calgary get a new building. I just they wanna... should. That place is a dump. I agree. It's a dump, and it's been there for a long time. And and if it's... you ever want to go back to 1982, just walk inside the saddle dome. <laughs> Are you telling me Daryl Sutter might not be back as head coach? Is that what you're I'm t- telling you that. Yes, I am. Wow. I, I thought that was fait accompli. I mean, isn't that part of write, the... Re- write it down and underline it. Uh, 122 on April the 27th, Saravalli, one of the most plugged in men in the business from Daily Faceoff, says... Uh, so, and could that ultimately play a factor in how active the Flames might be in the offseason? Whether or not... Well, that's why... I think they have to make a decision sooner rather than later that he's not safe because I believe that at least a handful of players in their exit interview meetings, not just expressed their displeasure, but flat out said, I don't have any interest in playing here next season if this man is going to be the coach. And when that happens and when you have your GM walk for that same reason, and you then now need to go hire a new GM who doesn't want to inherit a bulletproof coach. I, I think the choice is clear. I think it's inevitable. I don't want to say it's a stone cold mortal lock because last time I checked, I don't think Mary Edwards really cares what his players think. But I, I mean, that's the way I see it from here. Don't don't you kind of have to care a bit what your parents think today? I, I think it's more than that. I, I think. When you have that many people that are all thinking the same way, to choose one and to pick the money, which I just think is a short-sighted decision. I understand you don't want to pay a coach to not be there, but if you pick the $4 million coach over the $83.5 million roster, I think you lose every time, and I think you set yourself up for a miserable losing season. Yeah. Not to mention who's going to be there. So Elias Lindholm, he ends up on my trade board today in the top five. 100%. Which, if he's be a valuable absolutely. commodity, Every... sought-after player, and, and a bargain contract for next season at $4.85 bucks. if he doesn't want to come back and isn't willing to sign an extension, good, I mean, you're going to have to piece-by-piece piece dismantle your team. Wow. Frank, how do people uh, follow you? Frank underscore Saravali on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, hope to be in Edmonton in a couple weeks. Thanks for the bonus uh, hit this week, Frank. Much appreciated. As I said, anything for you. There we go. That is Frank Saravali from Daily Faceoff for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. We'll step out and get a couple of your texts on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Infinite Patience, that was the name of Nuge's horse last year that uh, went on a bit of a winning rate. Frank Saravalli for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. This text comes in from Roy and Brooks. 
I absolutely love Frank. I watch him on the DFO and Nation Network on YouTube. I listen to him on 960 in Calgary and here on 630 in Chad at Edmonton. The dude is plugged in and he does it his way. We get him for an hour a couple times a week. That one comes to us from Roy. Well, he definitely, there's guys out there that, uh, you know, let's just say he does it his own way. He gets his, he's one of the most plugged in men. We, we have a couple of guys that are amongst the single most plugged in guys in hockey right now that are on this regular show as regular guests on this show as we try to continue to improve our product. Would help if I could actually talk. All right. Uh, we talk about Brent Ridge Ford and their presence awards for customer satisfaction, their full transparency and customer care after the purchase, but another big factor in their success, like any great franchise, is stability. Here are some legacy-level stats. They've had the same owner since 1972. Uh We've got Johnny. He started washing cars uh, back in the mid-2000s. He's now their assistant GM. And I know from the personal experience from Brent Ridge Ford, it's committed to ensuring your customer experience is a positive one. Brent Ridge Ford is your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin, where cars cost less. John Shannon coming up at 135. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilbert.